It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT, can uh, hide all my uh, Raider fans out there and go Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, Raider Nation unite it is Devonte adams day that's what i am calling it i do not have the key to the city i should where is the key to the city i would give it to him today Devonte adams day on the flagship of the raiders he is going to be introduced around two o'clock today from what i'm hearing and we are going to talk about him today along with several other guests who are coming in and raider fans this is a dream come true for the raider nation in las vegas to get a superstar and to get a superstar on this team coming in from green bay which is basically a slap to Green Bay. He doesn't want to be there. He want to be with D.C. Derek Hard wants to play in this fabulous new stadium, unbelievable practice facility, and get rolling here. I'm loving this. So this is where we are going today. We are going to talk about him, and then I just talked to Q, who comes on after me, our program director, and they'll cover it live. So don't don't turn the channel. Do not cut off the stream. Keep it to Raiders.com. He is in the building, and he will be introduced today, and this will be great. 702-365-9200 if you want to welcome him today. That's what I'd like to do. Also, in 10 minutes, the voice of the Lakers, John Ireland. Good get for us on LeBron, passing Carmelo. Voice of the Lakers is ready to come on. I put him on. Also, a little bit later on in the show, Jay Billis from ESPN, the number one analyst in all of college basketball. He's going to join us on the show. And then a great friend of the Raider Nation, one of the premier NFL insiders and hosts out there, Steve Weish from NFL Network. He'll join us a little bit later on as I continue my tribute to John Clayton. Talked to Bobby with this as I started on Sunday night on Sirius XM, and we came in here on Monday, and I said, let's do this all week. I'm off tomorrow emceeing a Raider event at Allegiant Stadium with one of the uh, Raiders' premier partners. We're doing that, so off tomorrow, and then we have another Raider alumni as we introduce you back to the 60s, 1960s. We had Fred Bolitnikoff on yesterday, and we're working on another draft pick from the 60s here, and we'll do 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and on and on and on. Well, we'll get you uh, multiple legends or former players to play on the team and tell you all about that. So I'm, I'm excited today because I never thought Devontae Adams would be a lock to be here. I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit. Mark Davis deserves the most because he's the owner of the team. I think that Dave Ziegler's the GM. His handprints are all over this deal as he pulled the deal off along with Josh McDaniels. But you got to look at Derek Carr, and that's a very important uh, important point as I lead off the show. Derek Carr's a Laker fan, and we have the voice of the Lakers coming up. What I was told before the Raiders moved here when they found out they were coming is that this place was going to be a destination to recruit. I bought into it. I talked about it with the former coach and GM, talked about it with the owner, talked about it with everybody, that the advantage that the Raiders have is Las Vegas. 
because of no state taxes. You can buy a home for much cheaper. You can buy a home out here for three million bucks, which would be twelve million in LA. Or you'd have an apartment in New York. You don't even get a house with a golf course. You have to live in an apartment. I, I don't. You know, in, in, in New York City, you live in an apartment. Now they're pretty nice apartments. They're walk-up brownstones, but they cost twenty million dollars. You come to Vegas, you get a little bit more bang for your buck. Now you got to stay out of trouble in Vegas. And there were a couple incidents in Vegas where people are saying, oh, I told you, I told you. No, it could happen in Miami. It could happen in L.A. It could happen in Detroit. But we're open 24-7 here, and we have to have guys under control if they're going to play in this market. And Mike Mayock was a great leader of men. He didn't tell people to come here and party and go out and drive fast and go to clubs. He didn't tell anybody that. Everybody's being told the same thing. Act like a pro. Come to this town with your family. Get them in schools, live in a nice home, and play your ass off on Thursdays, Sundays, or Mondays and help this team win a Super Bowl. So the Patriot way came from New England with a track record of success. But we're starting to read articles now and talk to people about how Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are a little bit different than Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the king of the NFL. He is the kingmaker, the rainmaker. And these two come into Vegas with a lot of the principles of Bill Belichick, which are outstanding when it comes to player development. We knew that before they hired Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Now they're here, and I love this process because it's kind of a business model. They are evaluating the team, and they're deciding who to keep and who to let go. Now, as you know, a lot of the coaches, all but one, were let go. A former coach here. Even if you're a good coach, you aren't going to be here because they wanted to build their own team with their own coaches, which is understandably what coaches do. They want their own guys here. But what I've been keeping an eye on mostly is how they're deciding who they're going to keep here from the old roster. And leading the charge is Max Crosby. Max Crosby's a hell of a player. They locked him up. They locked him up in a big way. And then Yannick Ngakwe was let go. And some of the players that are here now you got to stay with their contracts because they're rookie contracts that haven't expired. So you have them at a cheap price, and they're pretty good players. And then everybody else, you're gone. Unfortunately, you're gone. It happened in every era. Mr. Davis had to do this, but when Al Davis was in charge as the owner and the GM, he locked guys up forever. We had Fred Belitnikoff on yesterday. Guys in that era were playing for 11 years, 12 years, 9 years because they weren't at the Raiders now everybody comes and goes but Devontae Adams is different we're starting to see this and I, I know the insiders out there Vinny Bonsignor and all the guys that are really good and the gals who are out there are going to ask questions today the big national question is not a Raider question and it's a biggie why'd you leave Aaron Rodgers why'd you leave Aaron Rodgers it's a much easier road in the NFC North you don't have to beat anybody. you got to beat the Bears, the Vikings, and Detroit. You're automatically in the playoffs with a home game. Why would you do this? And how come you didn't say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers? And why did you not play under the franchise tag? It looks like from what Peter King is saying in his new Monday Morning in America column is that Brian Goodenkurtz knew that he had another Aaron Rodgers situation. On This is coming from Peter King, not JT the Brick. Peter King's basically saying that the last thing that the Packers wanted to deal with was a potential holdout and this nightmare scenario 
all through the month of March, April, May, June, July, and August. Devontae Adams doesn't show up. He's not playing on the franchise tag. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The Packers looked at the big picture and said, we'll take some Raider draft picks for two years. We'll let him go. And to the Packers' credit, this is a glorious draft for receivers. That they are not going to get the next Devontae Adams, but they can get a really good one with the Raiders' 22nd pick. And they got multiple picks, and they can trade up into the top five and get the best wide receiver. So with all of that and everything happening at this time, I think this is incredible. I think this is a great topic. For a sports talk radio host, this time of year, there's either real low-hanging fruit or there's some good stuff. Las Vegas has one of the biggest topics. We got two. We got March Madness, which is based in Vegas, even though the games aren't here. We're the head of March Madness. And on top of that, we have Devontae Adams, the prized player in a trade. Remember, free agent. No, this was a trade to go get him. The Raiders gave up their draft, early draft picks for two years, and they got the best player available that can help Derek Carr win a Super Bowl. I said yesterday for one of the first times in my 23 seasons going on 24 with the Raiders. It's the only time that I'm opening up the doors to talk Super Bowl this time of year because I think they're in a really good spot. So we will get ready for the Devontae Adams press conference, which will be the best press conference in sports Devontae Adams introduced today on Raider Nation Radio. It's a pleasure to welcome an old friend who's got one of the best seats in all of sports, the radio voice of the Lakers, John Ireland, joins us. John, coming off that LeBron dunk last night over Kevin Love. How are you? I am great, JT. How you been, man? I couldn't be better. Continued success. And wow, tell me about the LeBron performance last night in Cleveland. Cleveland, a very good team that's more than up and coming now. One of the best rosters. They seem to be on the same page. And LeBron comes in like a beast and almost tears down that rim and backboard. JT, it might have been my favorite LeBron game of the year. And I say that telling you that he scored 50 points twice in a week uh, earlier this month. He did it once against the Warriors, then came back and did it against the Wizards. But this was uh, LeBron at full power. This was not just the 38 points, but the 11 rebounds, the 12 assists, the controlling the game. You mentioned the poster dunk. Um, if you were going to show somebody who'd been living on Mars, hey, here's why this guy's one of the greatest ever to play, you would show him that game tape. He, he just all around, and to do it in Cleveland where he's from, so there were a lot of LeBron fans in the crowd. It was, it was a vintage LeBron performance. And, and, and the thing I would point out, too, is that nobody's ever done this at this age. He's 37. I mean, not Wilt, not Kobe, not Jordan. Nobody's averaged 30 points a game at age 37. So the fact that he not only did it last night, but has been doing it all year has been a really cool thing to watch. John Ireland, voice of the Lakers, joins us. You know, John, it's interesting because for all the critics of LeBron, and I'm critical at him multiple times for whatever reason I'm talking about on the radio, I've always compared him to Jordan, and I always kept the door open on the back end of his career 
he could surpass Jordan because of what he can do from the age of 36, 37 to 40, which Jordan physically couldn't do. Everybody forgets the years that Jordan didn't make the playoffs, let alone go deep into the playoffs or go to the finals. And now I think people are starting to be more aware of what LeBron is doing late in his career as he's chasing Kareem's all-time scoring record. What is it like for you to call the games for a team that is a nine seed and really struggling this year. But the other big story is LeBron's ascent to try to be the greatest of all time. Well, you know, let's be honest about what we're talking about. He's, in a lot of ways, JT saved the season. I mean, it's been incredibly disappointing to watch a team with this much talent hover around the nine or ten mark, and that's probably where they're going to end up, ninth or tenth. If you look at the standings, we only got ten games left. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a team to be that disappointing, but for LeBron to be that good has really made, you know, it's the old line from the, the song Piano Man. I know that it's me that they're coming to see. LeBron makes worth watching, worth tuning into. Um, he's, he's the reason that the Lakers are relevant. So, uh, you know, you look at every other team that's around 8th, ninth, 10th place, there's not a lot of reason to watch, but with our team, there is, and it's because of him. John Ireland, kind enough to join us, sports talk host in Los Angeles and the voice of the Lakers. I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan, and I know there's a lot of critics out there about his shot selection and the threes and all of that, but his ability to get up and down the court and the triple doubles, historically, first ballot Hall of Famer when his time's up, top 75 player. Were you surprised? initially how he did not mesh and then games where he does mesh and he has a big plus a plus 20 plus 23 and you see it in glimpses should that give laker fans hopes as as a 9 10 seed that they could shock the world when the playoffs start all right first of all jt full disclosure i was before this season started in an still am the president of the russell westbrook fan club <laughs> you could pull you could pull audio of me saying for years he's my favorite player to watch because he's like a human video game. He just plays harder than everybody else. And it was just a pleasure to see a guy, you know, trying to run through walls every night. And I only got to do, you know, four of his games a year. Uh, I am surprised that he didn't click earlier. But to your point, Take a look. If you're a Laker fan, particularly one that is disappointed in Russ, take a look at the last three games. Just look at his statistics over the last three games. And, I, you know, that it started with that circus shot in Toronto that brought the Lakers back from the dead that really had no business going in, but it did. And then you look at him in Washington where he was 10 of 15 – um, you know, from the field and just, you know, a, two of three from three, completely under control. And then last night, the 20 points and 12 assists, shooting 50% from the field and the plus minus of plus 23, which was a game of teams. The hope is that you look at those last three games and say, all right, in the history of his career, he's always peaked late. And so if he's peaking now, with 10 games to go in the season, and he could somehow put that in a bottle, then the Lakers have a chance. It's a puncher's chance. they got to get Anthony Davis back. But if you look at the way LeBron's playing, 
and you look at the way you've had Russ for the last three games, and you get Anthony Davis back, I think if we're being honest, nobody wants to play that team, especially as a one or a two seed. You just you would consider that an unlucky draw. So uh, that's the puncher's chance that the Lakers have. Russ plays the way he's been playing. LeBron keeps this up, and they get Davis back. That's the perfect storm. John Ireland, as we wrap it up, the voice of the Lakers. So to put your sports talk radio host hat on, with the Rams winning the Super Bowl, Stafford getting the extension, the Dodgers with Freddie Freeman, the Clippers still have some real talented players if they can get healthy, the Kings, the Ducks, uh, Otani, and what he's doing in Anaheim here. For the Lakers, the struggle this year, how much is that moving the needle on the flagship as you talk about that? Are fans angry? Because these fans have been spoiled through the Kobe era, getting LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Westbrook, as we just talked about. Not every year you can be a one or two seed. As we look at them as a nine seed, what's the reaction on your show from Laker fans? JT, you know because you lived here for a while that it's a Dodgers-Lakers town and not necessarily in that order. I I think that the Lakers are the type of franchise where we have a running joke, Steve Mason, my radio partner, and I, that even in 2022, if we came on the air and said, Shaq or Kobe, who was right, that it would do a huge number and we would have full phone lines for four hours. That's how much the Lakers mean to the city. And so even if one of two things is going to happen, they're going to go on a magical run and shock everybody, or they're going to crash and burn in a spectacular flameout. Either one is good if you're the flagship, because people are watching and they're caring. And, and to bring this conversation full circle, everybody's tuned in to see what LeBron's going to do. Mm-hmm. So if they go on a run or if they flame out, Either way, people will be watching. So it's a good time to be in the Laker business, if you know what I mean. John, when I was at Radio Row in L.A. at the convention center, I parked. I can't even tell you what the price was. (laughs) If I was there early in the day, it was great. You know what I'm talking about. I parked next to the Kobe mural, the beautiful mural. And and you have the seat now, a seat that Chick had, and so just one of the greatest seats in all the sports. How many times during a broadcast or pregame or you're talking to the other play-by-play host that's in town, do you think of Kobe? A lot. I I would say almost every day. Um, To put it, candidly, JT, he changed my life. Um, I got to L.A. to go to work at KCAL, the Lakers TV station, the year they drafted him in 1996, the year the check and Kobe came. And because I was able to surf that wave, the Kobe Bryant wave for 20 years, I have the job that I have today, which uh, I know you know is a dream job. And so I'll never forget it. I, I I mean, it's incredibly sad the way Kobe went. But he helped so many people and gave us so much thrill the time he was here. I I consider myself very lucky that I crossed paths with that guy. So I think about him every day, and and, and I think of him fondly. You know, he he was one of the main reasons I am where I am today, and I never take that for granted. Nicely said. Hey, John, it's been too long. Good to catch up with you. Really appreciate your time. Continued success. Right back at you, JT. Have a great show. You got it. There he is, John Ireland, voice of the Lakers. That's what we do. We're a sports talk show. We're on a Raider flagship. I talk Raiders all the time. We have Fred Bolitnikoff on, Art Toms tomorrow, Art Shell confirmed to join us. But we're in the Raider offseason. Today's a big day, the launch 
of Devontae Adams. I'm going to lead with that. We're going, to, we're going to cover that. We're going to talk about John Clayton. A lot happening, but nice that we can get the Lakers in here with LeBron. And Raider fans, a lot of Raider fans are Laker fans. Most of you are Warrior fans if you're streaming us up north, but a lot of Laker fans are streaming us in Los Angeles. I'll repeat this if you're listening to me for 20 years or 20 minutes. I personally believe that LeBron James has the ability to catch Michael Jordan. I believe that. You might not. But then again, you never believed that a backup in Tom Brady would surpass Joe Montana. True? 100% true. And he lapped Joe Montana. Now, Joe Montana's a friend, and I think, Joe, if you say, who's on the Mount Rushmore, for most of my life, it was Joe Montana number one. I never thought that Joe Montana would be moved from one to two. He was. And people can't get their head wrapped around what LeBron's doing. He's politically divisive. Okay, there's people that don't like him and never will for other issues. But I'm a stats guy. Just look at the numbers. And there were years that Jordan did not get to the finals. You all forget that. There were two years Jordan wasn't available to his teammates because of an unfortunate, ugly incident where his dad was murdered. And this conspiracies was Michael kicked out of the NBA for gambling and all that. I never bought into that. But he wasn't around for two years. And LeBron never took two years off. And, you know, Michael Jordan, everybody forgets, played with great players, unbelievable players. LeBron played with Dwayne Wade. He played with uh, Kyrie Irving. Well, Scottie Pippen's one of the greatest teammates of all time. And Horace Grant was a hell of a player. And Paxson and Kerr would hit open jump shots. So they all had great players here. But now that LeBron, who I don't actually like, I'm not a LeBron guy, I'm more of a Kobe guy, If LeBron laps Michael Jordan, like when you're running track and someone laps you, you're going to have to sit there and go, I got to look at these numbers and put them in perspective. And then when he passes Kareem and the confetti comes down and everybody who's 10 years old to 30 sees that and they never saw Jordan play, and then that is the conversation for the next 30 years, and then LeBron pulls the big one, the big rabbit out of the hat, he plays with the sun, that's happening fact his son's going right to the NBA and he's going to end up on the Timberwolves or he's going to end up on the Pistons in the draft and LeBron's going to play there for a year and then you're going to start adding that up against Jordan and go yeah JT was right he's pretty damn close I'll give it to Jordan because he was a better defender LeBron doesn't play great defense you got to play offense and defense but LeBron is doing something special this year if you would have told me before the start of the year he'd average 30 points I'd say you're nuts 702-365-9200 as I, JT, I am calling today Devontae Adams Day because there's no mayor here or governor doing it, so I'm going to do it, and this is his day, and a rarity. I'm going to put Passionate Raider up first on the show because you get it. This is Devontae Adams Day. Welcome. Man, JT, what about this? I denied this. I never believed that this would happen in my life as a Raider fan. This is one of the greatest weeks, but again, JT, it's on paper. We got to win it on the field. I'm standing behind the DA. You're with your boy DC now. I see what you guys did in college. I went back and watched some film, and it was lovely. Let's hope we can do it this way. Because, JT, if you really look at it, I mean, we're not all idiots here. I mean, look at this offense. Who are you going to double team? Everyone's a stud. Let's hope the offensive line gets panned out well. Let's hope they make the right decisions there. I kind of like the Luminor coming back. 
I, I, I kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about Brandon Parker, man. He did save us last year. He did jump on that fumble in that Chargers game. He did have some good, good moments last year. Maybe with this new offensive line coach, maybe they can get something out of him. We did spend a lot of money mm-hmm. elsewhere. So we're gonna, we might have to just make it work. Make it work. Just win, baby. Welcome to Silver and Black, DA. You look great in it. Can't wait to see you. Welcome, Chandler Jones. Thank you, Mark Davis. A lot of years of hurt, Mark Davis. A lot of years of hurt. You're making us smile today. You're really making us smile. Yes. Thank, Thank you, JT. Thanks for, for the call. Have a great day, man. Yeah, uh, Vic Tafer reporting four hours ago. After Adam Schefter, Chiefs free agent wide receiver Demarcus Robinson is meeting with the Raiders today. As Vic pointed out, speedy wide receiver averaged roughly 360 yards and four touchdowns for the Chiefs the last four years. Let's put that in perspective. He was not the number one or two option at all, and there were other options better. When you play behind Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know, Robinson put up some really good numbers. If he comes, if the Raiders are able to secure Demarcus Robinson, and again, I'm keeping my Twitter fresh here with Adam Schefter and what happens here today, then you would have Robinson, a speed burner, who would probably get the same amount of looks because he's not going to get more looks than Waller, Renfro, and Devontae. But can you imagine lining him up wide? So follow me here. If they get him, and I'm not saying they're going to get him, but if they get Robinson lined up wide on the right, Next to him is Waller. On the other side, Renfro's in the slot, and Devontae's wide left, and Josh Jacobs is catching balls out of the backfield. Oh, Lord. How is that going to look? So the critical move left is offensive line. The critical move left is maybe get another starting corner. Why can't Trayvon Mullen be a starting corner in this league? I was led to believe he'd be a starter. Potential pro bowler down the road, but if they go out and get Stephon Gilmore, you get a guy like Robinson kind of like spraying across the middle of the field, undercutting a route, and Carr sees him open. If he catches the ball, if they get him, he's gone. Raider fans know that, so the Raiders are not done yet. Welcome to Devontae Adams' day on the flagship as he will be introduced in a little over an hour and a half. Raider Shaq uh, out in the Bronx uh, streaming on the app. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, JT? Just uh, real quick, definitely uh, excited for Devontae Adams' day. Can't wait to uh, see him put that silver and black on. But I just wanted to touch on uh, J.C. Jackson real quick. Mm, yeah. As he had his pressure today, and uh, I see he's running his mouth he's already. He's running his he mouth. Even buckled his, he ain't even buckled his chin strap on yet, and he's running his mouth. So, you know, I can't wait to line him up on, on Devontae, even stick him in the slot on front. We're going we're gonna to work him. I want Derek Carr to attack him every chance he gets. We're going to see if we can put that money where that mouth is, that $86 million or whatever mm. he got. Let's see if he puts that where his mouth is at. Yeah, I, I, That's I, all I, I got to say. Appreciate it. What I, he's, I'm fired up. Yeah, thank you. What he's talking about is Daniel Popper ta- reporting J.C. Jackson introduced by the Chargers on what he thought when he saw the Raiders had traded for Devontae Adams. Quote, they better be ready for us. I'm cool with that. The guy's Mr. Interception. The guy's the best interception ball hawk we've seen in the league. I don't have a problem with him chirping. He's got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack rushing the quarterback. He better get high. The the amount of money that the Chargers paid him to come on in and and defend and intercept the ball, I have no problem with him chirping. 
I'm cool with that. We need that. The AFC West is a beast. It really is. It is a beast. First 30 minutes is always brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town. Come on, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Your place to go if you're a Golden Knight fan. And I'll tell you, Bobby, I just talked to the Latino voice in the hallway of the Golden Knights. He's confident. He's confident they're going to make the postseason. I'm going to freak out if they don't make it because I, got, I, got, I want to go to those games. I want to go to those playoff games. Remember, PT's for the Taverns, college basketball. You got to love it. Food and beverage specials, including food from $3, uh, Jack Daniel specials, Coors Light, Miller Light, Blue Moon from $5, the official VGK watch party, March 30th at 7 p.m., Sierra Gold, Jones and the 215, and at the Strat, Sammy Hagar is back this week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, tickets limited, but still available, PT's. Fuels the monologue. Thanks to the voice of the Lakers, John Ireland. I got Jay Billis and Steve Weish and Devontae Adams after the show, the live presser, which we'll carry here. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. And we got it here on Raider Nation Radio. to the right side from Lazard. Quick toss left side. Devontae's got it. He gets by Slay to the pylon for the end zone. Touchdown! Devontae Adams with a touchdown reception and for Aaron Rodgers his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest of 400 in NFL history. Packers Radio on the call. JT back with you. Devontae Adams Day. He will meet the media Around 2 o'clock, keep it here to the flagship of the Raiders. We'll, Q will take it live, and I'm sure the phones will be packed and everybody will hear what he has to say. And there will be national media there. There will be national media there wanting to know what happened with the Packers and how they had a breakup there because they didn't have to break up. He could have had a play on the franchise tag, and Brian Goodenkunst, the GM of the team, just didn't want to go down that road. So I read, I read Peter King's column earlier today. And I read it actually last night. And Peter King thought that they got a pretty good deal in return there. The Raiders' 22nd pick overall doesn't really concern me much because I've been here for Damon Arnett. I've been here for Alex Leatherwood. I've been here for Clee Farrell. Okay? I hosted and anchored the draft for those picks. And I like Leatherwood because he's durable and he's still on the team. But... You want to get rid of those first-round picks and go get Devontae Adams? I'll do that all day long. Now, the problem is the draft's going to be in Vegas, and the Raiders don't have a pick, but that doesn't mean they can't trade up and get a pick. They can do things, but, you know, I was hoping a million people would come, and a lot of them would be there for that Raider pick, right? Everybody be there for the draft and the Raider pick. Well, you know, bars will be open, pools will be open. You'll have fun, and when the Raiders get set to pick in day two, or down the road, you'll be ready to go. But I'd rather have Devontae Adams here because it gives the Raiders a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, which hasn't been the case around here. 
because if you look at the Vegas odds on the Raiders every year, and they're 80 to 1 or 100 to 1, that means people don't think they can win the Super Bowl. Jeff Sherman will join us next from the Westgate coming off the first two rounds of college basketball. And we'll look at some of the NFL odds coming up here. Ruben in Vegas. How you been, Ruben? You're up next. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Good. Hope all well with you, JT. Uh, welcome, Devontae Adams, to the desert. And uh, really quick, I just wanted to – I know you were talking about the Lakers earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm a hate on the Lakers. Right. But that LeBron, that LeBron dunk that everyone's oh. talking about on Kevin Love, the poster dunk, I don't see it. I mean, that's just me. I don't see it. You didn't see, see why. Such a crazy dunk. Because his for his forehead forehead was even with the rim, and Kevin Love became a poster. What didn't you see? It was a it was an epic dunk. LeBron looked like he was you know the, it was the Empire State Building, and he was about to tear it down. What are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, I, I was listening to another morning show, and they were saying they didn't they don't see what was so great about uh-huh. that dunk. But that's just me. I'm, I'm a Spurs fan, so go figure. But anyways, love the show, JT. Thank Welcome, you, Devontae Adams, to the desert. Can't wait to see you this season. Go Thank you. I, I thought LeBron's dunk last night. I'm on the radio at night every night, 7 to 10. And when I saw it in real time, I almost fell off my chair in my home studio. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, my sons are Laker fans. And they would text me, Dad, did you see it? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I'm, I'm talking about it. It was a great dunk. And what LeBron did is he went into Cleveland last night, where he's from, from Akron. And he's got one of the worst teams in the league. They're terrible. And he said, I want to win this game because I'm from here. And he slaughtered a pretty good Cleveland team, a playoff team. So as John Ireland, who just joined us, the voice of the Lakers, reminded us, they got a puncher's chance. They get in there in the first round and they got to play against the Clip, you know, they got to play against the Suns or Utah or how it's playing out now. I don't think they'll win. I don't. But I'm telling you, they could get that to game six and make it interesting if LeBron's having a big night. 702-365-9200. Uh, Jared in Vegas. Thanks for calling on the flagship of the Raiders, Devontae Adams Day. How are you? Hey, JT. How's it going? Doing good. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say a great heartfelt welcome to the man, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Welcome home. A home that you will always be accepted and never doubted. Prepare that ye- that mustard yellow jacket, my friend, because big things are coming. I believe it. That's why we brought him here. Mm. And second thing I wanted to get to you, JT, is I heard you talking about what the uh, what the Chargers' new um, defensive back had mm. to say. And what I want to say is thank you, JC Jackson, for guaranteeing that SoFi is going to be about 70% Raider fans, if not 75 to 80% Raider fans, to watch you get that work because the smoke is coming. Thanks, JT. Yeah, you got to remember that the Raiders have an extra home game every year for the rest of our lives in L.A. This year they had nine home games, but they had ten. They had nine with the Bears game that was added, and they had a tenth home game at SoFi. So SoFi Stadium is a home game for the Raiders forever. Okay, you can't erase Marcus Allen and Jim Plunkett and Tom Flores in L.A. The Raider Nation owns L.A. There are more Raider fans in Los Angeles than there are Rams and Charger fans combined. Put that in a promo in 3, 2, and 1. There are more Raider fans in Southern California than Ram fans and Charger fans combined. That will probably not change in our lifetime unless you live to 130. So how that can change is if the Rams keep winning Super Bowls. 
And then they try to flip everybody because kids get born. And kids get born and they like Super Bowl teams. There were no Patriot fans in Connecticut and New England most of your life. Now there's Patriot fans in Florida. And they're in the Midwest because the Patriots kept winning. And kids, young kids said, oh, mom, could that be my team? I like them. They're on TV every day. That's how you build a dynasty. The Raiders own L.A. And the Raiders almost moved to L.A. And they would have crippled the Rams and Chargers if they were there. Mark Davis came in third. Mark Davis took the high road at the press conference. Said the Raiders aren't used to coming in third. He bit his tongue. He went back to Oakland. He watched Oakland and their politicians destroy any chance of doing a deal there. And then with the help of others, came to Vegas. And now he has a jewel in the desert. And the best players in the league now are starting to want to play in Las Vegas. Fact, not fiction. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by Modelo with the fighting spirit. We'll be working with Modelo around the draft. We're excited with their footprint on Las Vegas Boulevard. We got something cool brewing. We'll tell you all about that. I'm off tomorrow for a Raider event at Allegiant Stadium, corporate event, and then I'm back on Thursday. And the week's looking amazing. Devontae Adams gets introduced today as the latest member of the Silver and Black. They didn't say a whole lot during the week, but uh, it's always interesting to see who gets the milestone throw. Pretty cool that Devontae got it. Um, I didn't do a whole lot on that play. It was a really good scheme play. Um, he did the whole thing and stiff-armed his way in the end zone. Aaron Rodgers, who lost Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams will be introduced 2 o'clock Pacific time, 5 Eastern. Stream it live at Raiders.com or listen to it live here on the flagship. It's always a pleasure to welcome in the VP of Risk Management from the Westgate, Jeff Sherman. And, Jeff, let's begin big picture with all your experience. I want to start with St. Pete's. Can you compare it to anything recently in the past, how they won from a gaming perspective? Well, it's uh, we've had this happen over the last few NCAA tournaments. Some long shots get through a few rounds. And, uh, you know, we have them sitting at 500-1 to for the title. I, I think a few years back to, like, Virginia Commonwealth when they went on a run. And that was unexpected, and we had liability on them. But uh, they've been a large underdog in each round, and they continue to do so. We see them getting 12.5 points against Purdue this week. So uh, you put that money line parlay out, they're plus 750 this week, and it's long odds. But uh, it's, it's been um, more frequent in the past few years than it had been previously. So would you expect that there will be some dollars coming in to take St. Pete's on the money line against Purdue because of the quality win against Kentucky? Yeah, well, we've already seen it, and we're still seeing money on them at 500 to 1 currently. Every time I look at the ticker, I see some, some small tickets on them. But they'll definitely see some uh, money line support this week. I'm fascinated by the way North Carolina's playing, and they go up against UCLA, and there's a lot of UCLA betters out west. North Carolina, as I saw you post the odds yesterday, 30-1 to 1 to win. UCLA, 12-1. to 1. Where's the sharp money coming in on this game? Well, it's on North Carolina. Initially, we opened it up UCLA 3. It's on UCLA 2.5. So we've seen some dog support there. And I know UCLA's uh, had a bit of a struggle so far. Uh, North Carolina's been impressive. So we're expecting a lot of volume on this game. But 
initially the North Carolina support. Uh, Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate. So I watched, I was on the air for the entire Arizona game. They could have got beat four different ways, three different times against TCU. They survived in Houston manhandled Illinois, and Illinois has a baby shack in the middle. These, these Houston teams with Samson are always, they always seem like they're older, they're stronger, they're more mature. I'm expecting Arizona to bounce back, and I know you got Arizona 6-1 to one to win it all. What are you seeing from Houston? Oh, we're seeing a lot of Houston support so far. Mm-hmm. Um, more so Arizona in this game, but Houston, uh, they're popular with what they've done. And that's why it's only a small point spread. We opened Arizona 1. It got as high as Arizona 2. We're back to 1.5. So both way on this. But uh, this line isn't going to get too much higher. I think the tops you might see would be 2.5 if the public gets involved on that side. But there's enough Houston support to keep this a competitive game from a point spread. Jeff Sherman's our guest. We go to the Midwest in Kansas. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. They just struggle. Before I get to Gonzaga, they remind me of the same team every year. There's always a scare. There's always an ugly half. There's always a game with under two minutes that they're trailing. But Kansas is in a bracket now that opened up, and at the bottom of that bracket, Iowa State and Miami. If Kansas can get through Providence there, a lot of people are going to think it's smooth sailing to the Final Four. How do you see it? Yeah, and that's why we had Kansas relatively short odds before the tournament, just because of their path that they had. And we currently have Kansas 9-2, to two, the second choice behind Gonzaga. And like you mentioned, if they get past Providence, a lot of people will expect them to get to the Final Four. So um, they were one team that we targeted having an easier bracket, uh, and hence the shorter odds, and they continue at 9-2. to two. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate as we break down the Sweet 16. So I picked Duke this year to win it all, and I laughed at myself because they're a two seed. We're not talking about a four, six, eight seed here. I, I looked at Duke because of the way they struggled at home in the final Coach Gay game and got beat by North Carolina. They didn't win their conference tournament, and they were down late to Michigan State, and their stud stepped up and won that game. Now they go up against a Texas Tech team that is playing with a lot of momentum here Uh I look at Duke and I wonder, is it a lot of emotion, a lot of fans coming in just betting Coach K because any game could be an elimination game for him, not only from the tournament, but end his career? We've actually seen a lot of support against him in this. And hence Texas Tech being a favorite here. And the Sharps are on the Texas Tech side. And we currently have Duke 18-1 to for the title, which is the highest we've been all year. So, uh, you know, a lot of the guys in the back room here aren't big Duke supporters from what they've done. Uh, and they really made Texas Tech a favorite in this game. And just for an example, if Duke were to beat Texas Tech, play against if Gonzaga were to beat Arkansas, the guys were thinking Gonzaga would be about a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Duke in that game. Now let's end up with Gonzaga here, and Zags had their rough stretch against Memphis but moved on. I love Eric Musselman and the way he can shorten that game and get it to the second half and muck it up, and Arkansas can play any style with the Zags, but I thought Timmy had a big finish in that last game, and it feels like they have some momentum going here. I see you have Gonzaga 2-1 to one to win it all. Yeah, that could be their test the last game. You know, We opened Gonzaga 8.5 against Arkansas uh, for Thursday night, and we've seen sharp money laying it up to nine and also laying the money line minus 380. So the money line has moved up too. So when the sharps are on that side and the public usually is, so that looks like one that the book's going to need Arkansas in. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to ask you about the NBA futures market here and what do you see? LeBron had a big game, but they're going to be a low seed and have to fight their way through and the injuries throughout. You know, I watched Durant. He has a monster game. There's no Kyrie. The injuries to the Clippers, uh, Chris Paul, 
Anything jumping out? Giannis still the ability to go back-to-back. What's changed recently since we last talked in the NBA? Well, we've taken a lot of support for the Bucks at 7-1, to one, and we've dropped them down to 6.5-1. to one. And You know, you mentioned the Lakers, and the Lakers are still seeing support. I was as high as 60, now I'm at 50, and there's still tickets coming in on them, even though, as you mentioned, they're going to be in the play-in spot. Uh, so the Warriors have eased out to 6-1. to one. You know, Steph Curry just got hurt. This is the highest they've been in a while. But at the same time, we've lowered Phoenix down to 7-2 to two, just because Chris Paul's expected to return for the playoffs. And they'll be a favorite in, in any series. And they'll have home court in any series that they would be in. Uh, Jeff, finally, your level of expertise. Phil Mickelson no longer in the Masters field. He would miss for the first time since 1994. Just big picture on the transgression and the mistake he made with the Saudis and how significant this is. I didn't expect Phil to come in and contend at the Masters, but the fact that he's not there, I think this is a major shot to his legacy with the endorsements that he's losing if he doesn't clean this up really quick. Yeah, it's surprising and unfortunate because I, I always look to bet against Phil in the majors, and I won't <laughs> have that opportunity this time. But, uh, you know, it's the one thing that I'm kind of curious about, the PGA Tour does not announce their suspensions. So he could be suspended, and we don't even know about mm-hmm. it, which is causing them to miss the Masters. Uh, you know, and he won the PGA Championship last year, which is going to be a month later, and it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be able to defend that title. So, uh, you know, from what I've seen in my experience, it could be a, a quiet suspension that's causing him to miss this. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, the premier sports book, you know, the longest-standing premier sports book and experience out there. If you're coming into town, you head to the Westgate. If you're in Vegas, you're ready. 702-365-9200. It's very sad for Phil Mickelson. He made a mistake. He thought he was off the record. When you're on with Shipnuck, who's a fantastic writer, you're on the record. And when you're sitting there and you want to try to break up the PGA Tour and go to Saudi Arabia with the Saudis' reputation with human rights, you don't do that if you're Phil. You let someone else build that league and get you that money and go play a couple of events over there. Go play in Saudi Arabia twice a year and get a million dollars to show up. Don't think you're going to start a new golf league over there. What a disaster to Phil Mickelson's legacy. One of my favorite athletes of all time in any sport. I fly my Phil flag, and it took a major shot. Not enough so that I'm going to take down the autograph master's flag that I have from him in my studio, but very disappointed with the great Phil Mickelson. Mitch in New Jersey, Raider Nation, it's Devontae Adams Day coming up. About an hour. Go ahead. How's it going, J.K.? Hope everything's well. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. Thank you. Well, first thing, LeBron. I, I think he's one of the best ever. I mean, the guy plays multiple positions. I would take him with Michael Jordan, but will being the best ever. Um, I cannot believe that the Raiders got the, one of the best wide receivers, a great defensive uh, rusher. Mm-hmm. Do you think for backup quarterback, any chance to get uh, Baker Mayfield? To back up Derek no, Carr. No, no, no. Derek no. Carr has nothing to worry about. No, no, Mitch. Goodbye. They're not going to get Baker Mayfield to back up Derek Carr. They're not going to do that. And for the Raiders, do they need a better backup quarterback than they have? Yeah, I think they do. And the Raiders overall have made a move at linebacker. They're not done yet. There are some potential deals that are still out there as they brought in two linebackers that we'll find out more about coming up here. But the Raiders with Garrett Gilbert as their quarterback, and being familiar with the system in New England. I don't know much about him, 6'4", 221. Spending time with the Washington football team, New England, 
in two stents in the Cowboys, but not a quarterback that you can count on if, God forbid, anything happened to Carr. I expect the Raiders to find a way to get a premier number two quarterback at some point. They had a good one with Marcus Mariota. He didn't play much, made a lot of money, and made a couple of big plays, and now Marcus was rewarded with what looks to be a starting job in Atlanta.